Argentina has a new president. What's Javier Malay doing to cut the spending in his government? And could that be done here? I think it could be. The left has hurled attacks at President Trump, saying that if elected, he would be a dictator, an authoritarian leader. I might believe them, but he hadn't already been president once. And the fact that anything they say we might be, they in fact are. Is it a mental health crisis or is it a climate crisis or is the climate crisis causing the mental health crisis? We hear from former Vice President Al Gore on the climate crisis. And Dylan Mulvaney speaks to hundreds of thousands. Nope, sorry. Hold on. Tens of thousands. Dylan Mulvaney speaks to tens at Penn State University. We talk about it today on the Palmetto Family Matters Show. And a lot to get to on the Monday edition of the program. Welcome in. It is Monday, December 11th in the year of our Lord, 2023. We're glad you're joining us today. We are 14 days away from that magical day known as December 25th. Christmas. Christmas? If you will. Uh, 14 days away. Hopefully you're getting your shopping done. Try to get it done this week. That way you can kind of hang out in the week before Christmas. And watch some Christmas movies. We have checked a few more off the list already. White Christmas, Christmas with the Cranks. Started a Christmas Carol, the one from the 80s. Haven't gotten through it yet, but enjoyable. I like Mickey's Christmas Carol. Yes. That one's yes. with Scrooge McDuck. Oh, yeah. That's that's a good one. We got a lot to get to today, though, so I'm going to skip over more Christmas talk, and we'll have that as the, as the days and, and weeks go on. Javier Malay was elected president of Argentina, and he told – the public in his first speech that a quote shock treatment looms. Now I've been told that electrotherapy was wrong, but <laughs> he is going to give shock treatment to the Argentinian economy because he warned Argentina. How would you like your new president to step to the microphone? We have no money because that's what he said. It, Javier Malay said there is no money. His inauguration was held in Buenos Aires on Sunday, a day of pomp and ceremony, according to the BBC. The 53-year-old capped his extraordinary rise to power with a speech which left Argentines in no doubt he intends to embark on an economic path unlike any previous president. He said he would undo, quote, decades of decadence. That is a good line. Whoever decades wrote that. Of decades decadence. of decadence. Now, he, would, he's speaking in Spanish. Spanish. But, it, oh, I'm sure it translates just as well with deep spending cuts designed to slash huge public debts and drive down inflation now i'm complaining about the united states inflation rate right now because we're sitting what somewhere around six or seven percent yeah ish argentina sitting at 140 140 so what cost you ten dollars last year now costs you about 22 dollars that's in Sane. The bottom line is that there is no alternative to austerity and there is no alternative to shock treatment, Mr. Malay said. We know that in the short term, the situation will worsen, but then we will see the fruits of our efforts. 
He waved his supporters during a procession to the presidential palace alongside his alongside his sister, Karina, the confidant who is expected to play an influential role behind the scenes in his new administration. He's risen rapidly from relative obscurity to Argentina's highest office on a, quote, right wing platform, which includes restricting abortion rights, liberalizing gun laws and climate change denial. He was frequently pictured wielding a chainsaw on the campaign trail. And his unflinching, unflinching statements have been likened to former President Donald Trump and former Brazilian President uh, Jair Bolsonaro. The peso, Argentina's, Argentina's embattled currency, is in long-term freefall. Poverty levels have soared to 40%, and the economy is in a deep recession. Well, I would imagine that's the case with 140% inflation. Now, what's his first step to doing this, Mitch? We see this tweet or this – it's not a tweet now. I'm sorry. It's a post on X. Uh, this from Fernando Armani, Armandi Sr. He has a blue check mark, so obviously what he's saying is true. In his first act, this is a picture of Malay inside the that's – a, that's a nice office with the Argentinian flag with a sun. Does the sun have a face on it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. In his first act, I'm getting sidetracked. Newly sworn president of Argentina, Javier Malay, signs an executive order. What's the executive order? If he wants to reduce government, Mitch, what's the first order he should sign? If he wants to reduce government, um, probably some federal spending package, something like that. Yeah, they, we're going to spend a lot of money, but less. No, Javier Malay said, I'm slashing the government. The Argentinian government had 21 departments. It's now down to nine. There are so few that even Rick Perry could list them. <laughs> that's that's funny and funny. It's a good. Thank you. That's good. Now, what are these departments? I mean, I'm sure the Parks and Recreation Department has been slashed, unfortunately, nope. for Leslie Nope. Nope. Um, who Ron who Swanson is left? Needs who a is job. Left? This is the beautiful thing because the state, and I, when I say the state, I don't mean the state of South Carolina. I mean the state has grown to an exorbitant level through decades of decadence. Thank you, Malay, for that. You, it's it's interesting. He's cutting, you know, twelve departments, mm -hmm. um, and returning these people the opportunity to find employment elsewhere. Yes, um, you know, in the private sector. Mm -hmm. It's it's a really good thing. Now, it works out. It, he's right. The shock treatment, as he's calling it, is interestingly almost the exact opposite of stimulus. Yeah, Which oh, it's complete. Our upset. government has continually Free tried text to do from daddy yeah. government. You know, we're just gonna like put everybody on the dole. Mm, I love a good stimmy. And you know, if you don't work, no worries. You do eat. Big brother got you. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a there's a there's a commandment in scripture that says, yeah. "Man who if you don't work, you don't eat." Um, and the the man who doesn't go out and work to provide for his family is worse than that of an unbeliever. I won't go there. So. It's fascinating what he's doing here. Um, will it work? We don't know. Well, it, we'll see what, you know, obviously, and I don't know what the numbers were, how, what his, if, you know, he was elected in a mandate fashion. Um, Obviously, the, you know, I don't think he was hiding any of this on the campaign trail. He was not. The point of the chainsaw was to say, I'm cutting government. Yeah. So. I think the people want it. I mean, they obviously, 
you know, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. He won with 55% of the... So uh, not exactly a landslide, but still... He actually won the popular vote as well. Wow. Well, I mean, that's how I, they, they have do an elect- I was going to say, I don't think they have an election. They, yeah, they have a system similar. So, you know, maybe... They had two rounds of voting. I don't think we need to cry for Argentina. It, it uh, see what it did. Well it's done. Good. Uh, I think they're on a path to success the question is is how long will people you know there's this there's this period of catch-up if you will where people have to figure out wait it's gonna hurt before it gets better it's sure. gonna be painful before it is solved how long will people be patient before that's the question the potential and, and I, I don't throw this term out lightly the potential of revolution occurs sure uh, and and there's going to be some unrest and sure it it becomes a bit of a problem in the interim because you're going to start cutting these now i don't i don't know what he's i don't know what javier malay is going to do with the appalachian trail that's down there in argentina we'll wait and see what he does with that um i think that might be a good spot to cut as well you know you know we couldn't let that one go right I mean, it's all in good fun because sometimes that trail leads back to Congress. Who's really an authoritarian? Because there have been a, uh, authoritarian a, or dictator. Both. Yes. Yes. A, a dictator is an authoritarian. By the way, I don't know if you've heard, but thanks to the pleas of several soldiers, uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin is running for re-election. Oh, thank goodness. I mean, it was I, I thought it. I thought his candidacy was in doubt. I mean, I really thought he was going to go the Asa Hutchinson route, but. He's running again. Congratulations, I guess. I'm running. I'm running. <laughs> I'm running. Uh, and it turns out I hear that no one's going to run against him because of poison. Um, so might be might be time to realize that we're going to have Vladimir Putin for a little more time. Um, he is running again. Now, back to the authoritarian comment, because he is an example of an authoritarian. He's an example of a dictator. We're just putting the elections on as a bit of a facade. Okay. The same as Pol Pot, Stalin, Hitler, Kim Jong-un. Benito Mussolini. Kim Jong-il. Little Rocket Man. Xi Jinping. Xi Jinping. Gavin Newt. Who is an authoritarian? Gav Gav. And who is a dictator? Because I've been told. That Donald Trump on day one is going to be a dictator. Actually, he said that. Uh, I've been told that I've been told that Donald Trump's going to be a dictator. You know he was pushing buttons when he was he said pushing it. buttons when he said that. Because here's the thing. I was told in 2016, 2015, I was told in 2015 by people in the presidential primary debates that we have watched recently, because why not? I don't trust him with the red button. I don't trust him on the stage of world leaders. And every single person on that stage, except for Chris Christie, Chris Assange says, I still don't trust him, even though I licked the boots and worked for him. But I'm getting the same accusations mm-hmm. now heading into 2024. If Donald Trump is elected, and again, I'm not saying that he should be president. I'm not saying you should vote for him. This is just what's happening. If Donald Trump is a, is president again, it'll be World War III. If Donald Trump wins the presidency in 2024, the world's going to end. If Donald Trump wins the presidency in 2024, he'll be a dictator. We'll never have a free and fair election again. I hate to let you in on a secret. Actually, that might get us pulled off of YouTube, wouldn't it? Mm. I 
don't think the last one was all hunky dory. Anyway, are you talking about a plan? I'm talking about some some type of plan that would upheave the culture and upheave the systems and allow for godless sodomites to run the world. uh, Um, uh, Oh, oh, I I heard I heard uh, congressman talk this past week weekend. um, Congressman Byron Donalds on behalf of President Trump. Mm -hmm. And he, he, he just, you know, if he was going to be a dictator, don't you think he would have already done that? Don't you think he'd been one by now? You know, like if he was, if he was a dictator, if he were a true, I heard, I heard dictator died. So so many like in the middle of the, um, uh, I'm hesitating to say it because I know if we say it, we're going to get pulled off of a 19 pandemic. Well, okay. So we're now getting pulled off of YouTube. Um, I heard so many people say he is going to suspend the constitution. <laughs> he, he actually, is he going actually to mentioned that institute that, martial law. Yeah. He is going to certain congressmen wanted him to, uh, mm-hmm. um, especially during the June riots. Yep. Um, with all the crazy Trump supporters who were mad about things, throwing bricks through yeah. buildings. Yeah. MAGA. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. Oh. Anti- Oops. Antifa. Different group. Yeah. Um. So he's not a dictator. If he wanted, if he was a dictator, wouldn't he have just stayed in office? Wouldn't they have had to carry yeah. him out, kicking and screaming? Been a tough job. Wouldn't they have had to kick him out? Like, like, really? So he's not a dictator. Now, those who are calling him a dictator, and I'm holding a piece of paper in my hand, not because I'm about to read off of it. <laughs> this is from a an opinion piece in the Wall Street Journal. We're doing ASMR today with the paper. <laughs> President Biden and his supporters project their own authoritarian impulses onto Mr. Trump because they don't want to come to terms with their own illiberalism. With the stroke of a pen, Mr. Biden tried to cancel half a trillion dollars in student debt, ban evictions, and mandate COVID vaccines, each of which the Supreme Court blocked because Congress never gave the president the authority to do so. Even after losing at the high court, his administration has used yet another regulatory means to write off about $770 billion in student debt. Mr. Biden has abused his authority under the 1906 Antiquities Act to wall off nearly 1.5 million acres of land from fossil fuel development. He's reconstructed the Clean Air Act to shut down coal and gas power plants and ban gasoline-powered cars. And he has ignored Congress's command to lease federal land for oil and gas drilling and dallied on holding auctions even after being ordered by a federal court to do so. His administration has failed to enforce the nation's immigration laws, paroling millions of migrants into the U.S. rather than detaining them at the border or holding them in Mexico while they await hearings. The immigration court backlog has doubled to 2 million since 2019 amid a surge of migrants exploiting lax law enforcement. Not only that, but there is a lawsuit in federal court right now by the Daily Caller, by the Daily Wire, and by Attorney General of Texas, Ken Paxton, they are suing the Biden administration because the Biden administration is using social media to clamp down on news outlets. Now, you tell me who the authoritarian is. You you tell me who the dictator is. The dictator in this case ain't the loud, boisterous orange guy. It's the it's the feeble old grandpa you're worried about walking to the podium every time he speaks. Got to use the short stairs for the for the plane now. And he surrounds himself with people that that are mini dictators. Mm-hmm. Who well, act- who are actually the ones running the show? Yeah, they the these people the they they thirst for power. They 
They desire it so much, not only that, but now we have a secretary of defense telling congressmen that if you don't vote for sending more money to Ukraine, well, then you're basically saying you want our sons and daughters to die in Ukraine. Yep. That's just the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Send money or your children. Send, yeah, send yeah. money or we send your kids. Does that seem— It's a shakedown. Does that seem free and fair? It's a shakedown. Does that does that seem like good old, good old Grandpa Joe— Sorry, that was my Sarah Palin. Good old, good old Grandpa Joe. He uh he's seen the oil slicks and howdy booty ba. No, no, that's authoritarianism. That's dictatorship. And I think it's about mm, careful. I think it's about time that maybe some of us stand up and say, no further. No more. We're not doing this anymore. Now you have the opportunity to do that in 2024, and you can use your vote. That's your right as an American citizen. You can use it however you want to. By the way, as I mentioned Ukraine. I just want to put this out there. Zelensky uh, today will address the U.S. military in Washington. Thank goodness. Why? Why is the president, prime minister, whatever the heck he is, why is the, why is the leader of Ukraine addressing our nation's military? Mm. Because it's his military now? Mm. Is it his military now? Do they take his orders? Is he commander in chief? Who's no, running he's, this show? he's panhandling. Who's running this show? All right. In your green jumpsuit, stop panhandling. We don't allow that here. We well, don't allow that here. We do. Outside of, never mind. Stop. We have serious problems because we have authoritarians who don't even have their hand on the wheel. In the words <laughs> of Dwight Schrute, the hand you want on the wheel is the hand that rises up from the grave and grabs you around the neck. Speaking of serious problems. <laughs> I have climate, climate change. Climate change is serious. And who better, children, if you're new to this thing called life? There's a man. And if you're young and you're listening to this, kudos, first of all. Tennessee extra gentleman. credit. Get me in touch with your teacher. You deserve extra credit. We'll, we'll write you a note. I will vouch for you, and I will explain why you have the problems you do. <laughs> so if you're, young, so many if, levels. if you're too young, if you're too young, you don't remember a guy by the name of Al Gore. A good old-fashioned Tennessee gentleman. Al Gore was vice president to Bill William Jefferson Clinton. Both terms, correct? Correct. From 92 so an to 2000. He was an eight-term VP, and it just seemed natural that he would become president. He ran against a Texan by way of Massachusetts named George W. Bush. He went to school there. So he served there. The point is... Al Gore was supposed to be president. He wasn't. He lost in Florida. By four counties. By that hanging Joe. Uh, and Chad, so, Joe, whatever. <laughs> so what happens when you have this is then he needs a new lot in life. Al Gore needs to do something new. What does Al Gore do? Well, there's this thing called the climate, and it's changing We'll talk about that. Al Gore has been telling me that life is going to end as we know it for a very long time. A very, very, very long time. It's inconvenient It's how the tides are going to rise. I was saving it. Meanwhile, good for you. Meanwhile, he still probably has a house at his vineyard. And then we got George W. Bush over there. <laughs> and he didn't care. There's an old Texas saying. He didn't care. 
here, but we had to dredge up Al Gore because we need Al Gore to elucidate us on both the economy and the possibility of Donald Trump. Apparently, the one dealing with the real mental health crisis, uh, Greta Thunberg, was unavailable. Well, this is like, like Greta Thunberg, Saint Greta of the Blessed Sailboat, is is like Al Gore's weird granddaughter, and Al Gore's still the weird grandpa who's running the mafia. Here's Al Gore speaking with Jake Tapper. Speaking with Jake Tapper about the climate crisis, mental health crisis, and Donald Trump. One of these things just doesn't belong here. 2024 election will come down to President Biden uh, versus versus, uh, former President Trump. Um, And I'm wondering what you think uh, the world would look like under uh, uh, President Trump uh, being reelected, which is certainly uh, a possibility, not only when it comes to the climate, uh, but also when it comes to democracy. Well, I saw the other day where he pledged to be a dictator on day one, and you kind of wonder what it'll take for people to uh, believe him when he tells us uh, who he is. And, uh, you know, the the solution to political uh, despair is political action. And for those in in the Republican Party and the Democratic Party and independents who love American democracy and who want to preserve our capacity to govern ourselves uh, and solve our problems, now's the time uh, to get active. You know, there's a there's a mental health crisis around the world, Jake, that we hear people talking about. I think that one of the main reasons for that uh, is that young people look uh, at the fact that we are not yet solving the climate crisis or dealing with some of these other challenges. Uh, And we hear this word thrown around, polycrisis. Well, solving the climate crisis is a poly solution. We know what to do. We have the means to do it. And we have to make sure uh, that we make the right political choices in our democracy to enable ourselves to make the right choices. So... Asked a question about Donald Trump, starts talking about the climate, and then says that the climate crisis is the reason for the mental health crisis. Seems to me that the reason for the mental health crisis might be people like you, sir. That's just a guess. Well, and and it's it's difficult to parse. Are there are there issues with climate change? Yes and no. Yes, in the fact that it's cyclical. There are cycles to nature. Is the planet warming? Is it cooling? Is it breathing? I, I believe in entropy and decay. I think that things are winding down, not up. That's important. But at the very same time, sometimes as Saul Alinsky, Rahm Emanuel, and others have said, never let a good crisis go to waste. That's true. And so... Once again, whether he's grifting, whether he's a shill, whatever, the former vice president of the United States from the great state of Tennessee is telling us that there's an inconvenient truth, and it is mental health. Wait, I'm sorry. Climate. Whatever. (laughs) Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I do want to mention light, but not too much light because it would heat up the planet. On this subject, youth, uh, there's a study done by Circle, the Center for Information and Research on Civic Learning and Engagement. 
57% of youth ages 18 to 34 say they're extremely likely to vote in 2024. Another 15% say they're fairly likely to cast a ballot in the election. You know, that's a good thing. Younger people need to be voting. Um, it, it, the Now, we'll see what happens come November, whether that's the case. Uh, among youth who are extremely likely to vote, 51% say they will back the Democratic candidate, 30% the Republican, and 16% are undecided. Young people's top issues are inflation, cost of living, jobs that pay a living wage, gun violence, and climate change. Youth who selected climate as a top issue were 20 points more likely than youth who did not choose climate to say they'll vote in 2024. And of those who said that climate is their top issue, 37 are more 37 points more likely to prefer a Democrat for president. Well, that's not shocking because I have candidates on the Republican primary stage who are saying that climate change isn't yeah, real. It's a hoax. And 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 again, who cares? Uh, less than one in five young people have heard about politics and issues this year from political parties or campaigns or from community organizations. So where are they hearing it from? Social media, TikTok, Greta Thunberg, Instagram. Uh, what's our young guy's name? Harry Sisson. Close to half of young people interviewed, surveyed, say they are struggling with mental health issues like loneliness or lack of confidence. And those who say that are less likely to vote. Hmm. Now, that's a bigger issue. The mental health issue, I don't believe, has much of anything to do with climate change, no matter how many times Kamala Harris tells me that people are really worried about climate insecurity. I will say that they are tangentially linked in the left's ability to catastrophize the world is coming to an end and you are responsible how many elections can we go through mitch before we get to our last thing today and i'm trying to avoid getting to it <laughs> how many how many times do i have to hear an election might be the last one we have if, if there's this if, window man if, there's a window if i've been told that if Curveball. I've been told that if Joe Biden wins re-election, the country will cease to exist as we know it. Possible. I've been told that if Donald Trump wins, the country will cease to exist as possible. Possible. I've been told that if Ron DeSantis wins, the country will cease to exist as possible. it currently says. I've been told that if Nikki Haley wins, if. Possible. I've been told that if Vivek Ramaswamy wins. Oh, definitely possible. I've been told that if Chris Crick. I've been told that any candidate that has a legitimate shot at president, if they win. If Gavin Newsom, possible. I mean, well, it, it's how, always likely. We, uh, but can but can we can but can us can our society can our country continue to function when one side and both sides continue to tell me that the other side is Satan incarnate and hell will come afoot and there will be weeping and wailing of gnashing of teeth in this utter darkness if the other side wins. Can we sustain ourselves for another ten years? Well, we're continually we're continually being polarized. There's no doubt no doubt about that. We're continually being galvanized. The bases are being further divided and further entrenched. And at some point, at some point, that's got to give. Now, for those of you who agree with me and say that this is not just a political war, it's a culture war, and that we have issues far greater than the quote unquote <laughs> don't do that sorry i'm sharing the graph it's yeah, a graph it's a graph it's a very important graph very we important might share graph. with you on a later podcast Correct. uh where was i we're continuing to be polarized yes 
Thank you. Now, if, if it's a culture war and these are matters of life and death, right and wrong, then we cannot give. We cannot surrender the hill. And there are certain hills that are absolutely worth dying on. But not every hill is worth dying on. And it's extremely important for us to understand that while we uh, entrench ourselves, galvanize, and further divide and polarize, in the, we've got to remember that there are things that unite us as Americans those things are growing few, fewer and further between, but there are things that unite us as Americans. And we've got to find a way to unite on the things that we can unite on. Um, Penn State football this year went 10 and 2. Cool. Losses to Ohio State, close. Michigan, not as close. By the way, Michigan in that game ran 32. Uh, ran the ball 32 times in a row to end the game. Yeah, did not um, throw the ball in the second half. Ball in the second half. Uh, James Franklin doing a heck of a job up there at Penn State, ten and two. Yeah, uh, Manny Diaz, their defensive coordinator, just got the job at Duke as a head coach. Why yeah. are we talking about this, Justin? You're on a political trip. I'm getting there. Penn State welcomed in a visitor. <laughs> Penn State welcomed in a visitor. That visitor is someone we all know and love. Got 32 seconds of this. That's Dylan Mulvaney. Dylan Mulvaney was speaking, speaking. She, he, he, he's speaking. They, them, he. He's speaking. Here's Dylan Mulvaney at Penn State. We are. It's a she, they outfit the day. I'm Dylan Mulvaney. I'm at Penn State. Go Lions. And for our outfit, we've got, um, we've got a bandeau that says state. What's the brand that we'd love? That's, it's like cute stuff here. Hype and Vice. Hype and Vice. And then the jacket. And then we've got skirts, Aritzia. Shoes are Jeffrey Campbell. Hair is fake. And I did my own makeup in the car. Okay, I love ya. Bye. How many people were there? I counted, I counted 12. Maybe that was before the show or after the show? I counted 12. But it's a freak show nonetheless. I counted 12. This picture right here, it freeze-framed. You can't see this. There's no doubt that's a male. Also, if you're going to go to a school, they're the mascot. They're not the lions. They're the Nittany Lions. Come on. Come on. Now, that's a secondary, maybe a, maybe a deeply tertiary issue at this point. We we can't unite around this, to your point. This no. is not something we can unite around. We And we've been called several names in the past, and that's fine. I don't really care. We do have to make a concerted effort to not normalize this kind of behavior. No. And to not normalize. And I'm not doing this to laugh at this person. Although I could, I'm not going to. No, here's here's it's sad. Yes, it's sad. Here's the reality of this moment. Dylan Mulvaney and those like him suffer from gender dysphoria. It is a clinically diagnosable disorder or dysphoria, mm -hmm. and he needs help. Whether it's still in the D DSM or not, he needs help. And a majority of Americans still believe what I just said to be true. The problem is, those of you on the left, if you listen to our show, thank you, 
those of you on the left, you have been told that your voice doesn't matter if you believe that Dylan Mulvaney is a boy suffering from gender dysphoria. You've been told your voice doesn't matter. It does. And those of you on the right, whether you waved a Trump flag or not in 16 or 20, or will do so again in 24, you've been told that you have to sit down and shut up. You don't. Your voice matters. Now, once again, we believe that grace and truth go together. When you speak the truth, do so gracefully and winsomely. But do not sacrifice the truth. What is happening in America, and I'm pointing at his screen, Mm -hmm. is you are being censored or self-censoring, and we're allowing, and and I don't mean this as a slight, we're allowing the mental patients to run the asylum. We've got to stop. A voice of reason and sanity must take over. Not in a dictatorial kind of way. Not in a way that says, we're going to shock the country. No. Men are men. Women are women. It's just that simple. And I know I'm a homophobic Z, whatever. I'm a bigot when I say that. No, I'm not. I'm a man wearing a blue vest and a red shirt. <laughs> and I have a heart. And my heart, not only the one beating in my chest, but the one that's been given to me by God, tells me that if I don't speak into this, if I don't make my reasonable I would consider it sane voice heard more little boys and little girls like Dylan Mulvaney, a boy and little girls like Chloe Cole are going to believe they can be whatever they want when they grow up. No, God made you a boy or a girl, a male or a female. And yes, and I'm going to say something that that's borderline inappropriate. It's more than what's on the outside. Absolutely. Down to the DNA and genetic structure, the chromosomes of who God created you, he created you either male or female. And he did it in his image. So well, that would appear to be whether there's 12 people or 120 people or 120,000 people at Dylan Mulvaney's next show. I hope that at least one of them seeks him out and tries to help him because he desperately needs help. That's all the time we have on today's program. Thank you so much for watching and listening. If you want more information on Palmetto Family, you can do that. Palmettofamily.org. Sign up for our email newsletter. You can click the Invest tab and invest in the work we're doing here at Palmetto Family as we get ready for the 2024 legislative session coming up here in just a couple of weeks. Oh, it's only a couple weeks away. In the state of South Carolina, get ready, get excited, get fired up as the legislators return to the sandbox. We'll have more the rest of this week. We'll have a couple more shows for you. A lot to get to this week as news continues to break all around us. Thank you for watching and listening to the fastest growing and strongest conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina. The Matter Show.